Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone this sunny morning. I am very, very thankful for the sunny weather. <laughs> uh, no more doom and gloom out there. So uh, it's great to see everyone as we worship the Lord uh, together this morning. Uh, we want to welcome all of our first-time guests, and uh, perhaps you're a guest, you've been here a few times, so we're glad you're here as well. Uh, and if you are a guest, especially for the first time, we would love it if you could just take off, there's a tab on your bulletin that you received, uh, fill that out and let us know that you were here. We just uh, and dropping in the offering plays it goes by. Uh, we are so glad that you came, and we want to show our appreciation to you uh, for that. Um, it's been a, a good weekend for me personally, my Oklahoma Sooners won, and David, so our Oklahoma Sooners won the Big 12, and we may be playing, we'll see, I think we'll be playing the Crimson Tide in the first round of playoffs, so we'll see what happens. There might, I don't know, we'll have to get some sort of wager going in the office for that, maybe, I don't know, but um, so... <laughs> uh, but, you know, despite all those things, uh, the things when we're happy about our sports teams, uh, there's always so much more going on in our lives. And, and, you know, this can be a very difficult season uh, for so many people. So we want to remember that. Uh, we are here for you in prayer and support. And uh, I, I want to read a word. Uh, so if you would please stand for the reading of God's word. And upon completion of the reading, you may be seated. This is John 16, verse 20 through 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Amen. I just want to make an announcement or two. Uh, I want to follow up on one that Zach made. When I was a very young music minister, a guy who was kind of my mentor said, as you go through ministry in life, no matter how far you go, just always remember the pastor is right. Okay. Now, that's never really been tested until Oklahoma plays Alabama, and that might, that might be a test. I don't know, Daniel. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Zach and I were texting back and forth during that game. We were both pretty excited that Oklahoma beat Texas yesterday anyway. All right, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, the choir is rehearsing up here. I'm just telling you this because a bunch of you are out there. Choir's rehearsing at 3 o'clock here. At 4 o'clock, all the drama people are going to join us at 4 o'clock to 5.30, and then all the rest of you come back tonight and bring a friend to the musical. Uh, One Small Child is a delightful Christmas musical that you're going to enjoy tonight at 6 o'clock, and I hope you'll help us fill this place up as we celebrate the birth of Jesus through a musical. It's going to be a very uh, fun and inspiring night tonight. 
We're going to get, begin the service this morning by singing, and let's stand together as we sing, Mighty is Our God.
with joy and thanksgiving, we come to attest to the truth that you reign, you're Lord, you're God, you're holy, you're righteous, you're sovereign, you're in control. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And Father, truly one of these days, the trumpet will sound and you'll come forth gathering your saints. The dead in Christ shall rise. Those of us who are the redeemed of the Lord shall be gathered up, caught up with you to go forth and reign with you. Because Jesus lives, we have that hope and that assurance. We praise you today for who you are. We seek to magnify and to glorify your name, not just with our speech, Father, but with our walk. Help us to walk daily with you and to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for this special time that we're moving into. Whenever you said, step aside, man. I don't need you. The fullness of time has come, and you sent forth the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you for that salvation. Bless this, our congregation this morning. Use our pastor to challenge our hearts and to deliver your message. And may we be drawn closer to you and become more like you day by day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, ladies. Sweet Harmony is a group that's co-directed by Cheryl Brown and Gail Hurd. They do a wonderful job. Meet on Wednesday nights before choir at 5.30. And any of you ladies are interested in singing in this group, you just contact one of the ladies. They'll be glad to include you. Well, we started the Christmas season while shepherds watched their flock by night. Let's stand together as we sing. And as you stand, let me tell you about the bulletin. Uh, Raphael is listed to sing. We're going to put that off for a couple of weeks, but we're glad he's planning to sing again soon. While shepherds watch their flock. thank you for the privilege we have of giving back to you what you have enabled us to have. <coughs> Father, we pray that you'll use our tithes and offerings to further your ministry. We pray for Brother Daniel this morning as he breaks the bread of life to us. Father, we pray if anyone needs to make a decision for Christ that the Holy Spirit would touch their hearts and move their feet and may make those decisions public. And then tonight we pray for our musical as they talk about one small child who grew up to be a man who died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the world. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus. And it's in that wonderful name we pray. Amen.
sure that what I do as a physician demonstrates the love of God and the mercy of God and the hope of God. From an early point in my childhood, I can remember watching the first moon landing on a black and white TV and thinking, I want to do that job. Um, so I just pursued that. And then was able to get into an aerospace medicine residency program to work for NASA as a flight surgeon, providing health care for the astronauts and their families. It really was a dream come true. But in many ways, my identity was not as a follower of Jesus Christ, but my identity had become, I'm a flight surgeon working for NASA. I really didn't think that I would leave NASA. God said, you need to make a choice. Is it our living room? I was saying to God, this job is cool, but I don't need it. I need you. Whatever you want to do, I'm ready. When he finally came to me and told me that this is what he felt called to do, I just said, I've been waiting. God moved us to the country of Uganda where we served for 12 and a half years. From there, moved south to Lesotho. And then God brought us to Kigoma Baptist Hospital where we've been serving for the last seven years in Western Tanzania. It literally is at the end of the road because we're right on the Lake Tanganyika. God has placed us in an area that is predominantly Islamic. Healthcare in our part of the world, there is a great limitation on resources that are available. We have patients that are admitted with severe malaria, dysentery. Every year we have an outbreak of cholera. We don't have the adequate numbers of resources and personnel on the field to be able to meet all the needs. But we have partnerships with a number of different churches and on various levels. When a church comes in and partners with us to provide that kind of care, it literally changes the people's lives, both physically but also spiritually. Using healthcare strategies is like a key that opens the door to get into a village that we might not have access to. Not far outside of the town that we live in is a small village. Completely unreached on the fringes of town. We met with local leaders and we asked permission to come to that village and do a week-long medical dental eye clinic. Through that opportunity, God used that to start a new church plant. That village has been a huge impact. Growing in their faith in Jesus Christ and being discipled, just this past week, one person came and repented and said, no, I need this Jesus. The kingdom of light is coming in Tanzania, bursting through the darkness like we've never seen before. In your bulletin, you have a prayer guide. <clears throat> you want to pull it out. This is, uh, today begins the 2018 week of prayer for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. One of the joys of being a Southern Baptist, as well as um, being part of our church, is we support uh, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's one of our, it's actually our largest offering of the year. And this week, I want you to take your prayer guide, and uh, just like here, what, what a fascinating story here from Larry and Sally Pepper, who he was the NASA uh, flight surgeon who left his job in Houston 
to go serve the Lord in Tanzania with our International Mission Board. When we give to Lottie Moon, our gifts go to support Larry and Sally Pepper directly. They don't have to fundraise in Tanzania. They can give 100% of their time towards uh, medical missions and reaching people with the gospel so and as we certainly support them so this month now last year we raised a little over twenty thousand dollars as a church which is great we set our goal this year a wmu um they uh, run the uh, lottie moon christmas offering and in fact this is the uh, 100 year anniversary it was named in 1918 lottie moon was a missionary in china and she died she gave her life for for the lord one of the neat things about lottie moon is she, used to, she spent three or four years here in Kentucky. She was uh, at, at First Baptist Church of Danville down the road, and she taught at Center College there. So um, it's, uh, she has a Kentucky connection, but she grew up on a plantation. She came from a wealthy family in um, Virginia, and she left and spent 40 years of her life doing missions in China and uh, one of the first missionaries there in China. So in the WMU, Women's Missionary Organization, in 1918, 100 years ago, they named their annual missions offering the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. And billions over the years, billions of dollars have been given. So it's one of the best gifts you'll ever make is to give to Lottie Moon. So also, you want to be praying for this as well. Take your prayer guide, put in your Bible, and each day, today through next Sunday, be praying for the different prayer requests for that. So... It's exciting for us to be uh, certainly a part of them. Next Sunday, I, I don't know if y'all knew this, but I teach Sunday school. I teach the young adult Sunday school class. And the first time ever, we had perfect attendance today in our class. So we had all nine of our students were in class. Next Sunday, we are doing a skit. We're going to have a skit. We're reenacting when um, a Herod meets the wise men. But we're going to have the wise men and women in our skit, so uh, it's going to be, a, so I want you to come, make sure you're here next Sunday, it's going to be a great thing, in fact, if you're in the young adults, you, if you have, you know, in the good old days, if you're a children's class, you get a pizza party, but we're going to, if you're in my Sunday school class, will you stand up, we want to recognize you, perfect attendance, so y'all stand up, nine, y'all are here, I see y'all, so all right, <laughs> there they are, that's our young adult Sunday school class. They run the Welcome Center as well, so you'll see them serving here. They're a drama team, drama club, and the Welcome Club. So with that, we're about to have a special time of prayer. David and Glenda Huff. Uh, Glenda sings in our choir. David is one of our deacons. Uh, he also serves as our church moderator. Uh, he is just a wonderful couple. About two months ago, their son Stephen, he's 32 years old, uh, David was telling me, he says, Daniel, our, my, our son was just sick. He just wasn't, he's just losing energy. He went to the doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. They're just prescribing medicine. It's not working. Like, this is getting, he's progressively getting worse and worse. This is probably late September, uh, early October. They took him to the doctor, and David said, listen, I'm not bringing him home until we find out what's wrong with him because he can't even hardly walk, get out of the bed. Something isn't right. He, had, he has leukemia, they found out, and um, he has been at the UK hospital for the past almost two months now, or I think going on now two months he's been there. Uh, it, it's not good, so uh, he's not getting better. He has the worst type of leukemia you can have. 
They are, they, I was texting this morning, David, and uh, they are leaving Wednesday. He's taking Stephen to MD Anderson Hospital. It's in Houston, Texas. It's one of the best places for tra- cancer treatment. So they're going to head out there this coming week. So I'm going to leave this in a special time of prayer for Stephen. Uh, Stephen is a young man, 32 years old. His wife is April. They just had their first child. He was born, and Brother Hurt and I went to hospital there at Baptist Health to see a little baby girl named Claire. She's only six months old. Uh, just sad situation. And um, uh, April teaches school at, um, anyway, school down the road here. So Cardinal Valley, she's, a, I think, kindergarten teacher there. So, and she hasn't been able to go to work because she's having to care for her husband. But it's, it's just not, um, uh, not, <clears throat> not a good situation. But uh, David was telling me uh, after they go, he's going to go ahead and take Stephen down to Houston and then Glenda and April and um, Claire in a few days later after they get settled down there, they're going to be following down, going down to Houston. So I'm going to lead us in a special prayer. We'll pray for our Lottie Moon, uh, our, our Christmas offering as well. I want to pray for the Huff family. So let's bow our heads and pray, especially for the Huff family. Lord, we come to you this morning, a special time. Lord, we lift up Stephen Huff, this young man who has been diagnosed with the worst possible type of leukemia. Lord, it's, it's not good. The treatment's not working. He's not getting better. Lord, we know on Wednesday morning they're going to head down to Houston for treatment for their son. Lord, I pray for David and Glenda. I know they are just wonderful, wonderful friends, so faithful here at our church, and to see the, the agony of their son just struggling. Lord, I just pray for a... You're healing on this young man. Lord, you are a great God. You are in heaven right now and you heal. Lord, we call to the great physician. Just like we have Larry and Sally Pepper serving as physicians in Tanzania. Lord, in this care, we need you to work through the physicians in Houston to help heal this young man and his wife, April, and also their little baby girl, Claire, who's not even six months old. Lord, we pray for this family. Lord, we cry out, we beg for you to help have a report soon that he's cancer-free. Even when the doctors say they can't do anything else, Lord, you can. And Lord, we hold to that promise. Lord, we know you tell us to call and to cry out to you if someone is suffering and is hurt. Lord, we just pray especially right now, we give you Stephen Huff. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for praying for him. Open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 5. This is a message here, and I want you to be able to walk away this morning, and I want you to know that you have a role in playing and reaching the nations. And that includes Lexington. I think when we hear sermons and Sunday school lessons and messages and teachings on missions, it's easy for us to think, oh, I'll write my check for 50, 100 bucks, and I'm done with missions. That was my gift to the cooperative program or to Annie Armstrong or to Lottie Moon. But the Bible's going to tell us here, the picture of heaven we're about to see here in Revelation 5 is all nations, all people, we have to worship the Lord. He calls us to worship Him. And if folks aren't worshiping the Lord, that is our responsibility to go out and tell folks about Jesus. We are under obligation from the Bible to be 
folks who share the gospel. There should be constantly, on a regular basis, of folks visiting our church who came here. Why? Because you invite them. Because you told them about Jesus. And they're getting baptized. They're walking the aisle getting saved. They're making decisions to follow the Lord. That's because Christianity is a missionary religion. This is not a religion that's just for us. Jesus died for the world, for everyone, all, all folks out there. So I want you to read along here, and I want you to follow along here in your Bible. Revelation chapter 5. Now, Revelation is a book of the Bible that we read, and it's, you put it down and go, what was that? It can be challenging to understand, but this story here we're going to see is one of a picture of heaven. And that's what's powerful about this. God is using John, the apostle, and he's pulling back the curtains to say, this is what heaven looks like. And this is why Jesus is set apart and why he's so important. Jesus is able to do something in heaven that no one else is able to do. And we're going to read about how and why he's able to do it. So why don't you follow along in your Bible here. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. It's only 14 verses. This is what it looks like with that. Now, I want to give you, it's going to talk about a scroll. This scroll we're going to see here, only Jesus can open. And it's kind of a picture of what's going to happen in the end times. And there's seals that only the Lord can open. And Jesus is going to open up these seals, and we're going to see some, a sequence of events. We don't have time to look at the different seals, but we're going to see the very beginning of who is showing the Lord's going to open these seals and show this is what's going to happen here. Verse 1, Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look into it. I wept and I wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even look into it. So no one can open the scroll. And John, who's had this vision from the Lord, he's weeping over it. Verse 5, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah who is the lion from the tribe of Judah? <clears throat> Jesus is. There's 12 of the sons of Jacob. Jacob in the Old Testament was known, his, God renamed him Israel. He had 12 sons. That's what we call Israelites. That's what the Jewish, when someone's Jewish today, that means they're saying, in my lineage, I can trace myself back to Jacob, one of the twelve tribes of Israel. The fourth son was named Judah. Judah, if you trace his lineage, David falls in there, and if you keep on going another thousand years, Jesus comes from Judah. So the Lion of Judah, one of, this is one of Jesus' names, what we're saying is there's this descendant from the lineage of Judah and that's the lion. And the lion of Judah is Jesus. That's, that's one of his names. 
Look, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of D David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll in its seven seals. How did he conquer? He died on a cross. He defeated death. This is why Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection are so important. It conquered sin. He defeated Satan. So there's only one person that's done this, i.e. Jesus, so only He is capable of opening these, this scroll here in heaven. So He's going to be able to stand up and do this. Verse 6, Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne, and the four living creatures and among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent into the earth. He went and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. It says, it describes this person as the slaughtered lamb. That's Jesus. He died for our sins. He is the one. He was the, the lamb that came and died for us. And he's going and he's taking this scroll out of God's hand. This is a picture that's going to happen at the end times. Verse 8, Then he took the scroll and the four living creatures, and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls, filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. <clears throat> that prayer, I just prayed for Stephen Huff, that we lifted him up to the Lamb. As that, that's a name for Jesus here in verse 8, Lamb. We prayed to the Lamb in heaven, the Lion of Judah, the slaughtered one. And we sent that request up to the Lord who's in heaven, who has His Son at the right hand, right now as we speak, as we sit here. And look at this. I don't want y'all to miss this. Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. The prayers that God, that God hears are from the saints. Who are the saints? Saints are saved people. When you and I pray, when we pray for Stephen Huff to be healed of leukemia, do you know where that prayer goes? It goes to heaven. It doesn't just go away. Our prayers go to God. Do you want your prayers to be in the golden bowls filled with incense in heaven? I know I do. They're in the presence of the Father. He hears our request. Listen, the only prayer a lost person can pray is the prayer of salvation, the sinner's prayer. Saved folks, that's who the saints are. God hears your prayers. This is what, I want y'all to know something. If you don't pray, if you have a zero prayer life, that means God, God has nothing. I mean, you, you're basically saying, God, I don't need you. I don't need my bowl in heaven filled. I don't need any incense burned for me up there on the throne because I'm okay without you, Lord. That's what you're saying. Listen, if there's any motivation to pray, it's not because someone told you. Brother, said, God told you. It's going to Him. They hear your request. Now look at this, verse 9. Keep going in your Bible. Why don't you follow along? And they sang a new song. So this is a new song they're going to sing in heaven. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered 
and you purchased people for God by your blood. Who are they talking about? Here they're talking about, they're talking about Jesus. When Jesus died on a cross, he literally purchased. There was a price. There was a, a transaction was made. He pulled out his credit or debit card. He pulled out the cash. He said, we're going to buy something here. What does God buy? He bought you. He says literally, he's purchasing people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's everyone. Jesus Christ died for every human that lives and has ever existed. He purchased it. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. This is motivation for us. It's a song they're singing in heaven. Look at this. Tribe, language, people, and nation. The good news goes to everyone. Only Jesus saves. We just watched a video those folks in Tanzania at that little village, that little hospital, at the very end there of their road, they said where their road goes, uh, their road ends on the Lottie Moon video with Larry and Sally Pepper. They live in a Muslim village, and they're going there to start a new church and a new work. Why? Because Muhammad didn't die for the sins of people. People who are Islamic are not saved. Jesus died for Muslims. He died for Hindus. He died for lost people. He died for unchurched people. He died for everyone. And this is, this is what he's saying. Because of that, listen, Broadway, because of that, this drives us to missions. Are you living a life when you see folks, when you see someone who doesn't go to church, who's not in their 100% of Sunday school attendance, who's not in the presence of God, do you, real, do you think, you know, I need to tell them about the Lord? I need to invite them to church next Sunday or to Wednesday night or to Sunday school. I need to invite them to our house, somehow make a connection so there's a gospel invitation. I want you all to remember this. It says here in verse 9, God purchased people for God by your blood. If Jesus came to buy people, that means people are important to him. Now, things might be important to us. Football might be important to us. Basketball might be important to us. But people are important to God. Jesus died for people. And this should remind us when it's all said and done, all that matters is whether or not someone knows the Lord. Do you know someone this Christmas that they think Christmas is going to be about Santa Claus? They think Christmas is going to be about decorations. Do you know what Christmas is about? Christmas is to remind us that God sent His Son to the world. Why? Ultimately to be this slaughtered lamb. Christmas is the beginning of a death, a death story. It reminds us that we're doomed without Christ. When we see this little baby that I knocked over here in the manger earlier, it's going to fall over. That, that baby is destined to die. 
for you and I. That's the story we see here. Keep going in your Bibles. Verse 11. This is a picture of heaven. This is what heaven is like. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also of the living creatures and of the elders. These are heavenly creatures up there. Their number was countless thousands, plus thousands and thousands. We have no idea how many people are going to be in heaven. Only God knows that. But there's countless folks that have trusted in Christ all over the centuries. You are never alone in your faith. God has, has folks all in all nations that love Him. And it goes on to say here, they, verse 12, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. This is a picture of all the nations worshiping the Lord. The Lamb will be there, all creatures, on earth, on top of the earth, under earth, wherever they're at, they will be worshiping the Lord. Verse 4, the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. I was watching a, this week I was watching a documentary, it was called the Marinera Trench, which is 200 miles off the coast of Guam. It's the deepest part of the entire ocean. You can you, you can't only three people have been to the bottom of it. First in 1963, and they had to build a special at the bottom of the pressure is so tight down there. If a human you didn't have this special capsule to go down there, it, you would immediately be crushed by it. Seven miles deep at the bottom of the sea, you actually can fit all of Mount Everest in there, and it still hasn't reached to the top. That's how deep. Uh, the Bible is telling us, even when those divers first went in 1963 to the Mar Marinera Trench at the very bottom, off the coast of the Philippines and Guam, God was still there. Th that's literally what he's telling us. He's saying here, you cannot get away. If you're at the top or the bottom, the Lord is with you. <clears throat> On November 17th, something happened. A young man, 26 years old, named John Allen Chow. He was a missionary out of an organization over at um, Kansas City, Missouri, called All Nations. And he wanted to go reach the Sintalese people on the North Sentinel Island. This is just two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, this young man. Of all the people groups on earth, this island is located, it's owned by India, it's in the Bay of Bengal there in the Indian Ocean. And when outsiders go to this island, the people kill you. No one makes it alive. They are the most indigenous people left on earth. Um, some of y'all might have seen some of the videos all over the news. This young man, um, this, the nation, India has banned people from going to the North Sentinelese Island because if you go there, you die. Because the folks just have wooden bow and arrows. I mean, no electricity, nothing. I mean, they're, they're, they're fishing, they're hunting. Um, there's no technology whatsoever. They're just roaming around with bows and arrows made out of wood. This young 26-year-old had a passion 
to go to this island and to tell those folks about Jesus. And he brought some gifts. He's a smart man. He had some little gifts to bring in a Bible. He had his stuff. He was going to go there. Now, these folks do not even speak. Nobody knows their language. No one knows nothing about these folks. There's, not, there's only about 50 or 100 of them. There's not, it's a small island, but it's very, extremely the most primitive place on earth. And what he did, had to do is there was another island nearby. He had to hire some fishermen to take him. And they, they were so scared of the island, the fishermen, they would only go up so far and made them get in a kayak, a canoe, canoe and go over there and see the folks for himself. Well, he went over there, and those fishermen followed up with him, and they saw, him, they saw his body. They saw him get, being buried. He died, this young man, John Allen Chu, here. And the question is, what would drive this young American? He was single. His calling was to be a missionary. What would drive him to basically go into an area where there's a 100% death rate? Like, you know, these primitive folks, they're going to kill you. One time, some fishermen actually drifted up their boat. I was reading about it, and they had killed the fishermen. It was an accident. They were in a boat, and they got drunk. And they passed out, and their boat drifted to this island, and they killed them, the people. So those fishermen didn't make it with that. So that's how dangerous the North Sentinel Island is in the Bay of Bengal. You do not go there. What would drive this young man to go to an area knowing you're on a death mission? The answer is right here in verse 9. I want to read it again. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Why? Because you were slaughtered. And you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. John Allen Chu read that Bible verse and he realized these people that live on the North Sentinel Island have never heard about Jesus. No one can go there. Those folks, when they die, they go to hell. They go eternally separated from God. This young man had the passion to say, I'm going to go tell these people about Jesus, even if it costs me my life. It's worth it. And he did pay the ultimate price. This is what motivates a young man to go. Here's what we see. I have them up here on the screen. What do we see here in Revelation 5? Here's, our, here's what we're going <clears> to <throat> walk away from this message with. Jesus is the key that unlocks the mystery of history. He's the center of the story of history. The whole story of history is Christ. He is the key. When you think about everything that's ever happened, Christ has to be in there because He unlocks the story of what God is doing. The line of Judah. Number two, Jesus is worthy. Why? Because He is the slain lamb and lion who conquered. Jesus conquered sin. He is worthy of your worship. He's worthy of you coming in this building weekly or multiple times a week and saying, Lord, I'm here to worship you. You are my focus. You are my priority. Nothing else matters right now. Lord, you have slain. I'm going to put down my phone. I'm going to put down any distractions because you have conquered. He's the only one. Number three, Jesus' death and resurrection he purchased peoples for God. All peoples. 
This reminds us Christianity is for everyone. Even the North Sentinelese folks. They need to be saved. Because of Jesus' accomplishment, He alone is worthy of all worship. And He certainly is. Do you worship the Lord? Are you here this morning and saying, Lord, you are worthy. He's worthy of your, your offering. He's worthy of your time. He's worthy of your, your efforts. He's worthy of your service. He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of anything you have. The best thing you could do is give your life, give your time, give your money to Jesus. Because why? Only He can go and take the scroll out of God's hand and open the seals. <clears throat> so the question is, I want you to plot your bulletin. You look at the back. The question here is, what role do you play? You hear a message about this. And you go, Daniel, you're right. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is the most important person ever to live. He unlocks the key to history. How do I, how do I put this into place? If I want to start living like John Allen Cho and live a life that's completely about the Lord, how do I do that? Here it is, three things, and this is what you're going to walk away with. Number one, you need to be praying passionately to God. Remember this prayer right here, verse 8. What, what is heaven like? It's a prayer with a bowl of incense filled with the Lord. Verse 8 tells us our prayers go to God. Do you pray passionately? For folks to be saved? Do you pray for people groups? Are you praying for your Lottie Moon missionaries? Do you pray for your children to come to know Jesus? Do you pray for your grandchildren to maybe grow up and maybe God will call them to the mission field or call them into the ministry? Prayer is passionate for God. You want to be a believer that prays to the Father. Prayer is something... Sometimes in church, it's just what we do to begin and end a class. It's what we do to begin. It's kind of we pray for the offering. We pray for the service. We pray you know, at the end of the sermon. But that's not, that's not the picture of prayer. We see this is something. Prayer is talking to God. God hears and He answers your prayers. If you were at church this morning and your life is blah, and you're just like, I just... Uh, you need to develop a passionate prayer life. That is step one. Saying, God, renew me. Give me a desire for you, Lord. I want to have that. What if you had a 26-year-old son? Mom, Dad, I'm going to the North Sentinelese Island. And I'm going to tell these people that every other people group, every other missionary has gone to and told them about Jesus. Even the drunk fishermen, they even came. and Everybody goes there dies. But I, mom and dad, I'm going to go. This, little, this young man wrote in his diary, writing to his mama, hey, this could be my last entry, this could be it, I realize what I'm facing. Most of us would say, son, I'm going to help you find a job real quick. We're going to redirect your life. There's some other options out there than going to this island because you have a 0% return rate. Most of us would talk, talk our children out of that. And I'm sure mom and dad 
of John Allen Chu did the same thing. That this man had the passion and desire, he's going to go. He is willing to do a suicide mission for the Lord. He was, he was convinced, I'm willing to give my life so these people can have life in Jesus. That is what a missionary does. That is what someone who says, I'm living for something greater than myself. Only someone who has a devout prayer life. Someone who's passionate about the Lord. I guarantee you, John Allen Chu, when he read, reads his Bible, it wasn't just blah. He didn't come to worship and say, when is this going to be over? He came, he was sold out to Jesus Christ. He was a disciple of the Lord. That's what, that's what, that's the role. If you want to reach the nations or the neighborhood, it starts right there. Number two, you need to be giving sacrificially. The best gift you ever give, of your dollar you'll ever spend, is a gift to Jesus. Jesus is worthy of our money. He's worthy of our gifts. The great, and I talked about this last week, every dollar you put in the offering plate, we've, our churches are giving away 12 cents of it. We work on 88%, 10% to the cooperative program, 1% to our local association, and another 1% to our missions fund. And then that's on top of, then we have the, throughout the year, we have four special offerings, including Lottie Moon. Your giving should be part of something that is making a difference. This is a missions-giving church. You should be teaching your children and your grandchildren to give to missions, to give to God. Everything else in our culture says the opposite. It's about you. What do you want? What do you want to buy? What's going to make you happy? You have to fight against this and say, Lord, I'm giving for you. When is the last time, answer this question, when is the last time you made a sacrificial gift to Jesus? Sacrifice, I want you to understand. Remember, Jesus here, he purchased us with his blood. That's a sacrifice. Jesus died, meaning he gave up his life so other folks can have life. That's what it means. Sacrifice means I'm not going to do this. I'm going to give this up so I can give or be a part of that. There has to be a loss with a sacrifice. You're surrendering something to give or to do something else. That is what it means to give sacrificially. Number three, going confidently. And for most of us, God might not call you to the North Sentinel Island in the Bay of Bengal. But God might call you to the person who works next to you. He might call you this Christmas to someone who you know who's in your family. You're going to see this month. Because this month is the month of parties. It's the month of social events. It's the month of all sorts of people you only see twice a year. Or maybe once a year. Maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you see him this month. And you're going to see someone who's not in a right standing with the Lord. And you need to have the confidence saying, God, I'm going to speak up for you. Are you confident in speaking up for the Lord? Do you, is there someone you know who's living in sin? Is there someone you know who does not worship the Lord? They're not in church. They mock Christianity. <clears throat> Every Sunday, there should be folks here where you look back and say, is the folks I invited, are they here? 
are, they, are the people I planted the seeds and been praying for, did they come? Is that young adult Sunday school class greeting the people I invited at the Welcome Center? That's what it means. You come to worship with a confident spirit that God is going to move in their life and they will respond to the invitation. The best, the best way to grow in your confidence is to start speaking out for the Lord. You are the Lord's voice. God wants to use your mouth your language, your words, so other people can be worshiping. Listen, Jesus is worthy. He's worth it. That's what this entire passage, in heaven, we go to heaven, we're going to see people worshiping the slain and slaughtered lamb. And there should not be folks who are not there because you weren't confident in speaking up and inviting them. My job every Sunday is you get them in the pews, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. They come here, they should hear a message about the Lord. They should hear about, hey, Jesus purchased your blood. He died for you. That is the gospel message. So we leave here today. I want you to think about this. Say, what's my role? If I want to reach the nation, starting right here in Lexington, our neighborhood, I'm praying passionately, I'm giving sacrificially, and I'm going confidently. Go, you go anywhere tell folks about Jesus. Anywhere in the world, there's people who need to know about the Lord. God, I pray you inspire us with a complete passion for the gospel like never before. Lord, some of us are living a blah Christian life. And Lord, rescue and deliver us from that. Give us the desire of John Allen Chu and Lottie Moon. Put in our hearts just like you did this, this surgeon in Houston who gave up everything, being a flight surgeon for NASA, and he left to go serve as a surgeon to tell other folks in Tanzania about you. Lord, we pray for Larry and Sally as they've surrendered all. God, I pray this morning, some of us, maybe we have never accepted the gift that you provide, you have purchased us, you bought us. There was a price that was paid. I pray this morning, if there's someone here that needs to follow you, that needs to get saved, Lord, they will not walk out of here without it. Lord, we give you this invitation. You invite all to come to you. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. We're going to have our invitation. We close every single worship service here with an invitation. Invitation means I stand down front. If you want to get saved, if you want to make a decision to follow Christ and become part of Broadway Baptist Church or rededicate your life to Christ, this is your time to respond to the Lord. David Dell is going to lead us in our song. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond. We sing in our hymn book, hymn, hymn number 249, Jesus Paid It All. Let's stand together and sing. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus prayed it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a Son saying, He was.
let us know. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spot and melt the heart of soul. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Fidel, I want to remind some folks about some things going on. I'm about to call Rick Hawthorne here. Rick, why don't you share? Uh, we, Rick is our uh, head decorator here at the church. And we've been, he's up in here all week. He wanted to say a few words about our decorations. And remember about our family tree in the back, yeah. remind him. Alabama fans. <laughs> and then out in the foyer, that is our Broadway family tree. If you would like to bring your ornaments and put on there, we would greatly appreciate it. Your ornaments are kept every year and put back on there the following year. So thank you all. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. That is. So uh, they've been certainly doing a great job. Our, our church looks great from their decorations. For that. I want to remind everybody, 6 o'clock tonight, uh, we have Awanas at 530. Uh, it's uh, Make a Musical Instrument Night. That's the theme for Awana tonight. And then 6 o'clock, the choir has their Christmas music right here. Yes, so sir. Thank you, oh, David. Tonight at 6 o'clock, please come back and bring a friend. We're going to close the service with the chorus, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord.